it's Allie Burks, the worship leader for the local church, and you're listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast featuring sermons from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold and inclusive faith community based out of Chatham County, North Carolina, committed to being with and for one another, our community, and our world. In this time of social distancing, we continue to gather virtually for the work of worship every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. over Facebook Live and YouTube. So wherever you find yourself, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, you have a place at the local church, and we'd love for you to join us. Our scripture reading this morning is from Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, you faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, this kind can come out only through prayer. This is the word of God for all of God's creation. Thanks be to God. Good morning, local church folk. Um, For those of y'all that don't know me, my name is Brandon Jesse Miller, and I work as the Children's and Family Ministries Director over at Christ Church. Um, And so I love the local church. Um, I uh, am am a huge fan. Everything I've ever been to or uh, participated in in any way, I've just found truly is a blessing to my soul. So when Brent asked me this morning if I would be willing to uh, provide a musical offering in order to help while while Allie's recovering, I gave a definitive yes. Um, happy to be a part of your mission in any and every way. Um, and so he told me a little bit about what the service would be about, faith and doubt and everything in between. And, and my friend helped me find this song here, uh, which is... UMH, United Methodist Hymnal, number 505, When Our Confidence is Shaken. I've never heard it before. Um, still not confident that I know the original tune, but I retuned it um, and made it more contemporary, added a chorus, and uh, I, I want to submit that as an offering for y'all this morning. Uh, all right, so here goes nothing. 
I'm so grateful uh, for Mary and Brandon for offering their gifts this morning. It's been so good to see Allie. If you're just joining us, Allie said hello, uh, recovering from COVID earlier uh, this morning. She uh, she said hello as we started the service. And, uh, and I'm just grateful for the gifts of this community. Last week was a whole worship service around the generosity and the gifts that God has given uh, each of you, each of us. And, uh, and each week in worship, we celebrate those gifts. We lift them up. We thank God for those gifts. And I'm just so grateful that they... Uh, that they keep on rolling. God is so, so good. And it is so good to see you or to know that you're on. Uh, I can't see you. Obviously, I can see Allie. She's still right here in my screen, but um, but I can't see anybody else. But it's still so good to know that you are uh, with us. There is something there is something powerful, really, um, about gathering at a common time for a common purpose. And um, and I hope and pray that that all that we offer here helps you connect with God and with one another helps empower you and equip you by the Holy Spirit, by God's grace to go into this world and love where you are to that end. If there is anything that is uh, meaningful or uh, anything that makes you think anything that, uh, that inspires you, would you, would you share, would you share this service, the local church? Don't keep that love to yourself. If you haven't already like invite share so that uh, we know and others know that this matters to you, uh, this movement of God's love here that in, in Pittsburgh, where I am and beyond. Everybody is local somewhere in Utah. Linda, good morning. Good morning, Linda. <laughs> All the way in Utah. What a gift to have you with us, friends. And I'd love to know, too, um, how do you how do you participate in worship? Do you have it up on a big screen? My mom says that that's the best way uh, to experience uh, worship is with my big head in her living room. But I totally understand if that's not <laughs> the best for you. But I would love to know, uh, are you watching on an iPhone while watching washing dishes or are you are you out on a run? Uh, how do you participate with us on Sunday mornings. We would love to know. And the last thing, um, well, the second to last thing is a reminder that you are a gift and uh, that we are more whole with you. And I'd also love to know if you're celebrating anything, birthdays, anniversaries, uh, anything that we might have missed earlier this week, we would love to celebrate with you. And as Paul writes, rejoice with those who rejoice. And uh, so put that in the comments, share that with us so that we can, uh, so that we can celebrate with you. But it's so good to have you on friends. Would you join me in prayer? Holy and gracious God, what a gift it is to share in this time of worship, to respond to that which you have done, are doing, and will do. Ground us in your grace. Give us your power. Let us come to you now, O God, with honesty, with vulnerability, with all of ourselves, knowing that you will receive it, you will receive us, knowing and trusting that you will bless us. The places we believe, O God, strengthen the places we, un we, we do not believe. Help us. Help us in them. And let our response to that which you are doing be faithful. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our, uh, our youngest, Eliza, turned a year old just over a month ago, and she's got a couple teeth now. Watch out. Um, still waiting on her first word, and recently she has started taking her first steps. The girl is into everything. She is a hot mess. You can't take your eyes off of her for 30 seconds or you'll find her in precarious positions, balancing on the edge of the couch or standing on a table or halfway up the stairs. We're great parents. Um, but but y'all, <laughs> she wants to walk so badly. She wants to walk so badly and she's trying so hard. 
Uh, one morning this week, she spent a solid 20 minutes working on it. She'd pick herself up, spend a few seconds balancing, take a step or two, and then fall back down. And then she'd pick herself up, spend a few seconds bal- balancing, take two or three more steps, and then fall back down. And then she'd pick herself up, spend a few seconds balancing, take a few more steps, and then fall back down. Guess what happened next? Yep, she would <laughs> pick herself up, take a few more steps, and fall back down. And again, and again, and again. And, and I felt like this 20 minutes of Eliza standing up and walking and falling down over and over offered the perfect picture of our world and our lives right now. Can anybody relate? You take a few steps and you think, I'm doing it, we're doing it, it's happening. And before you know it, we've stumbled. We're back on the floor. We have to do it all over again. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> I mean, baseball season finally started this week and it made me so happy. A little bit of normal in a world that's anything but, but I'm just like, nobody ruin it. Please let me have this one thing, please. Um, but this 20 minutes of Eliza learning to walk also made me think of our stop for today as we continue cruising right along with our summer road trip inspired summer sermon series, Are We There Yet? And if you're just joining us, it's been a series about where we're headed and how we get there. Big picture, we're talking about God's dream or the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It's what Jesus talks about more than anything in the Bible. And each week we have named that this is our common destination. By God's grace, this is where we're headed, the kingdom of God, toward a world fully and finally where every belly is full and Every person has belonging and there's no more war or injustice or oppression or racism or bigotry. It's a reality in which blessing and peace and justice and love is over all and in all and through all. And we are at last one with God and with one another in unity and full communion as Zari prayed. That's where we're headed. And each week we're exploring a practice that helps us get there. These practices were offered by you. We asked you, what are the practices that help us get there? And these were offered by you in the very first week of the series. And and so far, we've talked about community and connection and deep listening and risk-taking, boldness and grace and generosity and, and how each of these practices gets us ever closer to God's dream coming true. This week, we're talking about faith. What does it mean to practice faith? I think this was Brooks. Brooke? I think this was yours, faith. And I have to admit um, that faith is sort of a loaded word. It comes with some baggage, doesn't it? And a whole lot of questions. What does it mean to have faith? Is it simply a blind trust or obedience? Is it simply ascribing to a certain set of beliefs or doctrine? What if you just can't get on board with it all? And, And who gets to decide? How do you get faith? Can you lose it? What's on our minds? Uh, uh, and, and what what of our minds? What about God's gift of reason? Where does that come in to play? And and I would answer all of these questions for you this morning, but if your attention span is anything like mine, I only have another 10 minutes before I lose you. But there's uh, there's good news, so hang with me. And in fact, the passage for today that Sarah reads, uh, uh, that, that Sarah read this morning, invites some of these same questions. It's from Mark's gospel, Mark's biography of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And the story opens in Mark 9, uh, right after an event commonly called the Transfiguration. 
it's this moment where Peter, James, and John go up a mountain with Jesus, and Jesus is transformed, transfigured there before their very eyes. He's glowing, and they realize that in that moment, Jesus isn't simply a teacher pointing them to God or leading the way toward God, but that this is, in fact, God in the flesh. And they come back down the mountain and are met with this scene that Sarah read. The other disciples are there, the ones who didn't get to go up the mountain, (laughs) left behind. And there's a crowd around them uh, and there's some sort of argument. And it turns out that there's a man who has come with his son and is looking for Jesus. The boy is experiencing violent convulsions and intense seizures and the man wants his son healed. And so he comes to where he'd heard Jesus would be. But Jesus had gone up the mountain. He wasn't there. And so the remaining disciples had tried to heal him, but it didn't work. And so when Jesus returns, they bring the boy to Jesus. And as Mark tells it, as soon as the spirit possessing uh, the boy sees Jesus, that spirit begins to work on the boy again, violently attacking him. As soon as the spirit sees him, the the spirit goes to work, violently attacking him. and, And Jesus asks the father, how long has this been going on? And the father heartbreakingly says it's been going on his whole life. You can sense the agony in his simple response from childhood. He says it's been going on since childhood. And the father then begs Jesus, please, if you can do anything, please do something. And Jesus responds, all things can be done for the one who believes. Then the father responds to Jesus' statement with with the most honest most real, most raw, most relatable, most human confession, maybe in the whole Bible. The father says, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, help my unbelief. He doesn't say, oh yeah, okay, yeah, whatever you say, I I believe it all. He doesn't pretend to have all the answers or project a confidence to downplay his insecurity. He, He puts it all out there. I believe, help my unbelief. And Jesus, upon hearing this confession, commands the spirit out of the boy. And when those who had gathered around believed the boy to be dead, Jesus takes him by the hand and lifts him up, alive and healed. I've always loved this passage and especially what it teaches me about faith. We often think that faith is something we either have or we don't. Like it's a like it's a zero sum equation, all or nothing. Or or maybe we think of faith like a game of Jenga. Emma and I have been playing a lot of Jenga recently, where where if you take out a block, however slowly and carefully, and ask questions about it, unsure whether it still fits, still belongs in that which you're building, you risk the whole thing falling down. You risk the whole world crumbling. Or maybe your faith has felt like a fairy tale. Maybe that's what faith has felt like, a fairy tale or a good fantasy, but, but you're smarter now and you have a better sense of how the world works. And, and, and maybe you didn't take out the Jenga pieces yourself, but, but the world shook and one by one, the pieces fell and it was game over. Let's be real. It's hard to believe. When that diagnosis or that death knocks the wind out of you and changes everything and you're left wondering why. When you've pulled out all the stops looking for work or trying to get on your feet or looking for some sort of sign that it won't always be like this. Or when your mind starts to wonder about the big questions, where do we go when we die? Or why would God allow X, Y, Z to happen? Or did it really happen like that in the Bible? Or why are some included and others excluded? Or, or how upon close examination, what a person claims to believe and, and how they live just seems so far apart, such a, a wide chasm. And that's to say nothing 
That's to say nothing of our current moment, either global pandemics and record unemployment levels. And and today we'll cross 150,000 dead in the U.S. due to COVID and, and kids just wanting to see their friends this fall and grandparents isolated in nursing homes and parents having to choose between their children and employment as school starts back up and ongoing protests and tear gas and violence against persons of color captured on iPhone cameras for the world to see Jesus. It's hard to believe, right? And so we come with the same desperation and desire for change and healing that this father does, who brings his son to Jesus, having watched him suffer since childhood, doing everything possible to make it better and coming up short again and again, I believe, help my unbelief, he says. In other words, I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can here. I'm working it out, but it's not easy. And it seems like the world has other ideas. I have faith. Maybe you had faith, but I'm struggling. I long for life. I yearn for it, but all I see around me is death. I believe. Help my unbelief. And the gift of this father's confession here is that there's an openness. There's an acknowledgement that there's still more to know to learn, to become, to understand. In this confession, it, it, it leaves room for doubt and questions. It creates space for struggle. It honors the realness of the world's pain, but does so with open hands, ready to embrace the future that Jesus has for him, ready to move in the direction of God's promise. And the thing is, the thing is, there's nothing more faithful there's nothing more faithful because the questions imply trust and relationship. The questions imply trust and relationship. The doubt means that it matters. The struggle implies a yearning for a different world, and it all leads to a richer and fuller and deeper understanding of who God is. And Jesus blesses that. Jesus blesses that because notice that Jesus doesn't say to the father, okay, come back when you've got it all figured out. Jesus hears the father's statement of faith and then casts out the spirit and raises the boy to new life. It reminds me of something I learned about recently. It's a stage in a person's spiritual development called the second naivete. Can you say that with me? The second naivete. Ali, I didn't hear you. The, the, the second naivete uh, is, is a concept from French philosopher Paul Ricoeur. And the gist is this. We've all experienced the first naivete. That's that, that feeling of unbridled innocence and wonder when you can take everything at face value. It's like being a kid and, and you don't know that not all movies end with a happily ever after. That's the first naivete, a happy-go-lucky, a Pollyanna. But then there's this point at which your innocence is lost and you can't go back. It's sometimes accompanied by a crisis of some kind, maybe even a crisis of faith, and you realize that life is hard, that there's love and loss, you catch glimpses of evil, or heartache finds you, or you learn new things and your world expands and you can't believe what you once did. All that you thought you knew to be good and right and true, it's gone. And, and when that happens, you have a few options. You could walk away entirely and take a different path. Or you could simply sweep it all under the rug and keep moving with the blinders on. 
Or, or you can begin to critically engage and re-engage with that same childlike curiosity and humility. This is the second naivete. It's asking questions. It's examining those beliefs you might want to leave behind with love and care and generosity and asking different and deeper questions and letting them continue to propel you forward with imagination and curiosity, bringing them to God with a trust that Jesus will meet you there and with an openness to be surprised by what comes next. This is the second naivete. And it is the second naivete that that compels the father to proclaim, I believe, help my unbelief. Here's what I know. There's still more I don't. And this is what it means to practice faith, to keep going, to realize that the opposite of faith is not doubt, but certainty, as the writer Anne Lamott writes. Are we there yet? No. But to practice faith is to keep moving in the direction of God's promise trusting that God's dream will become a reality for you and for me and for the whole world, trusting that it is true and orienting our lives toward that end and believing, believing wholeheartedly that no doubt or question or struggle can separate you from God's love. No doubt or question or struggle is too big for Jesus. To practice faith is to keep moving, knowing that sometimes it feels like taking a few steps and then falling and then getting back up taking a few more steps and falling and getting back up taking a few steps and falling and getting back up again and again and again. And with every step, believing that the God in whom we live and move and have our being meets us, holds us and helps us in our unbelief. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's Allie again. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to somebody who could use some good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating and reviews on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. For more information about The Local Church, visit thelocalchurchpbo.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Local Church PBO. Until next time, love where you are.